0: Joe review. Joe review. Yo Joe. Cobra Joe. Co- Cobra. Joe. Cobra. Yo Joe, Cobra. Yo yo Cobra. Cobra. Joe, Cobra. Cobra, you. Cobra. Yep. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Cobra la. <laughs>
1: Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Autopod Decepticast. This is your semi-monthly podcast delivering a breakdown of tangentially related transformers topics. You know that, that tagline is a that tagline is a work in progress. Don't worry about it. Bi-monthly? Are you thinking that means every two months? No, doesn't that mean twice a month? Yeah, ish. Yeah, we've been doing two weeks so far. Bimonthly bi bi-monthly-ish. Hey, we're not making
0: any promises. that's <laughs> not legally we're, binding. we have got week to week for a long we're, time. We're done with the Transformers movie. We're kind of embarking on a mini-series of uh, G.I. Joe, the animated movie right People now. People
1: are like, stop talking about Transformers already. We get what you did. Do your wrists hurt from patting yourself on the back so goddamn much? That's not why my wrist hurts. I'm your host Aaron and I I live a very privileged life and how many friends do you have that you've known since the second grade is the answer zero maybe one well I get to be friends with not one but two people from this era of, of my life zero. <laughs> And I get to podcast with them. Uh, by sheer coincidence, uh, for you, dear listener, that is this podcast. Please please introduce yourselves to a, my favorite people, fuckbuds, since 1985. <laughs> I'm Ryan, fuckbud. and I'm
0: not a fuckbud of these people.
1: Oh, you don't want to talk about it.
0: Oh, you're ashamed. Hey, uh, you, you guys interested in uh, playing some Mario Brothers later on? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. We are the Autopod Decepticast, (laughs) known mostly
1: for our in-depth 1986 Transformers the Movie analysis. We are dedicating... The next unknown number of episodes to the nationalistic neighbor to our cast-iron cohorts and the 1987 movie that didn't make it to theaters, didn't make any children cry, but maybe planted the spores that would one day blossom <laughs> into a full-on tentacle fetish. And I'm talking about G.I. Joe the movie. And we have covered the introductory sequence as well as uh, the first 12-ish minutes of the movie. And guess what? We're going to cover the rest of it, baby! So, uh, just you know, keep an eye out for this. The next 12 ish minutes we're <laughs> doing this episode. A little personal banter here. We got a little 70s dinner coming up. We do tomorrow. What's night? up with that? What's, you don't know anything about it. Who, whose idea was it, and why is it planned? We, I'm very on the periphery. Whenever
2: place. we got together to do the exchange, the gift exchange for Christmas, all all of us got together with, and our families. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy and I were talking, and we, she was saying that you know, Andy,
1: being Caleb's wife, yes, uh, Caleb's wife,
2: um, and um, she and I were talking and wanted to have you know do a dinner party, and we decided uh, you know let's do it. You know, hey, we'll shoot for February or whatever. So we texted back and forth and decided to make it a themed party. I suggested. I thought I asked. Is a 70s theme party too uh, overdone? And she was like, No, I love it. Let's do it. We're all going to dress in 70s style garb. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she and I planned the menu. Mainly, you know, seventies style foods. Like I'm doing, like a a, a maraschino cherry and pineapple ham, and some uh, some shrimp cocktail, deviled eggs. Uh, I'm doing a lime uh, or lime cucumber pineapple jello mold, (laughs) Um, and uh, you know, uh, some other. I can
1: picture the. The drawings from the the Better Homes and Gardens yeah. cookbook. Those, mm-hmm. those oh.
0: weird, weird, poor, like the photos from the 70s cookbooks. Yeah. The color, the they're color washed correction, out. And... Color correction should have been employed. Uh, oh. Why yes. didn't they use Photoshop or something? Oh, right, right. I'm
2: also doing a, a, a salmon moose
1: mold. Mm. Wow. The salmon moose. <laughs> that is a Monty Python? Yes. <laughs> Reference. yes uh so okay that's going on uh how are you dressing
2: i uh where is really, it a secret uh, no i can tell you i mean you're gonna be blown away no matter whether i tell you okay. or not uh i've been i have not not purposefully mainly laziness to have not cut my hair but i'm gonna to try to do like the dry look okay um and Poofy? then i Mm-hmm. Okay. And like like 70s Robert Redford leading man hair.
0: Yeah.
2: And um, then I have a mustard uh, turtleneck, mm-hmm. and then I'm wearing my sport coat with uh, my le- the leather arm uh, elbow mm-hmm.
0: patches. Let's point out the fact that Ryan's wardrobe anyway. It's true. Is pretty much that era. It's,
2: it's, it's very heavily any
1: in 70s influence. Yeah. It's true. He's going for Robert Redford leading man, but we know the execution will be... Ed uh, Powers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's better than what I was going to say, which is just going to be like comedic character actor that you feel sorry for.
0: It, uh,
2: West and I made conscious decisions to go with outfits that were tra- that were 70s but like you'd see somebody in a movie in the 70s. It's not like a cartoonish version of the 70s. Okay. Um, so she's got uh, she's got uh, she's going to be rocking an afro.
1: I was going to ask if she was doing something black exploitationist. Dish. It's.
2: She's gonna do after. She's gonna do like the the glowy, like satiny highlights. And, okay. Um, is she going to
1: carry a forty five? The gun or the beer? <laughs> the Bold. gun is the the gun that's named after the beer. Uh no. It, <laughs> that's what? No, that's how. Did, not a lot of people know that. Oh, interesting. Back <laughs> no, <to> she <laughs> she. Uh, but like her outfit
2: is very in like. I think a way that she would enjoy dressing if it were socially not, people wouldn't be like, what are you doing? She just right. likes these kinds of outfits. And, like, uh, it is something that she, her, all of her stuff she can repurpose for normal, everyday wear. I'm sure she will pull
1: it off. Caleb, are you, are you guys making any food? Yes. Yeah, Andy's making food. Okay. Do you know what that food is?
0: Uh, I think she's... Either gonna do like a pineapple upside down cake, yep. or well,
1: the, the '70s were just all awash with pineapple. It's like they Molds. just discovered it. Molds, yeah. And she's doing uh, stuffed mushrooms, I think. Okay. All right. How and are you dressing? It's a surprise. Oh. oh. Okay. Stay tuned. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'm gonna. I've got a sweet corduroy suit that I bought for a, a Halloween costume that I never used, and I remembered that I had it in storage. Nice. So I'm, I'm like, and it's got a really awesome sort of. The velour shirt a combo that I've got with it, so I'm I'm dressed, but I'm not making any food. No, well, you never do for my own shit.
2: Mm. Wow, <laughs> so, I didn't mean to this turn this on me. This is the future past. That's <laughs> we'll, we'll be enjoying that tomorrow in real life, but in reality, I think this episode comes out in April. <laughs> no, It'll be March. Is, that's this this really... should be
1: coming out around TFCon time. It's true. Yeah, I think I think you're right. The speaking of which, yeah, you'll be there.
2: Dateline. Transformers. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea. The Autopod Decepticast has news. Let's go to press.
1: I will be there. Yeah. I actually didn't put a note to talk about it here, but I will be there with Mike Seibert of Mike Seibert radio. We will have some podcasting that we do live and per some conversations that we've had here internally based on communications with Ron Friedman. <laughs> well, I'm not, this isn't, there's this, no official announcement, but we're certainly going to try and <laughs> leverage our relationship. <laughs> He has responded to us in electronic form <laughs> yeah. into an interview. We should call Mike and talk about that. If nobody, Absolutely. If anybody's not afraid to make sure that happens, it's cyber for, for sure. So that's TFCon. Uh, last episode recap here as we talk about G.I. Joe the movie. Uh, we saw a bee get eaten by a catfish that got eaten by an alligator. Mm-hmm. And I learned that was a trope. It is a trope. It's, it's, it's a big <laughs> I can't remember the name of it. (laughs) We found out that Cobra Commander is truly the Rodney Dangerfield of high Cobra officers. Nobody
2: fucking likes him. Always a bigger fish trope. Can't get no respect. (laughs)
1: Hey! Thank you. And we met Pythona, who is not very good at moving about undetected, (laughs) but she does make perfect circles and has a very large arsenal of tentacled weaponry. Where do you think she stores that arsenal? She probably
0: has another bio bag. An, <laughs> it's a just a gross, bio bag.
1: Like moist, pouch. undulating. Yeah,
0: yeah, undulating backpack. Yeah. She swips it around
1: her shoulder, yeah. like that episode of Friends where Joey got the man bag. It, it regurgitates
0: whatever she needs at that moment. Is <laughs> like, right. there an episode of Friends like that? Because there was
2: a. I, I don't know which came first, but Seinfeld. There was an episode of Seinfeld where Jerry had a man bag. Maybe I'm confusing him. I'm pretty sure Joey had a man bag. I feel I, I like to think Friends ripped off Seinfeld because I I, I like Seinfeld a lot better because different and because
0: probably Friends came after well oh, no, did. they, they were, were
1: they were contemporaries they ran concurrently yeah, but right. Seinfeld I, came first I remember the the banter yeah. was always around salaries and who gets paid more
2: for, I I feel like Seinfeld punched out at the right time and Friends went about three seasons too
1: long. I'm not judging that competition. It also does
2: not hold up very well if you rewatch Friends, where I admit that Seinfeld does.
1: I w- Victoria, my oldest stepdaughter, loves Friends, and I I, I don't have a great memory kind of, of it. Surprising. I don't I don't have a great memory of it. And whenever I go upstairs and it, an episode is on, uh, and I sit down and, and watch an episode with her, I laugh quite a bit actually, and which shocks me because I in my head I don't like Friends, but then when I watch it, I have to admit that I laugh. Well, well you're watching it. You're like, I. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <That's> nicely
2: done. <laughs> I haven't rewatched Friends. Um, I don't know. This is my memory of Friends, but in rewatching, I just like binged all of Seinfeld in the past week, and I am i like surprised. And, like, happy to notice that there are people of color throughout that whole show. I mean, the main cast is white, but they have, like, black, Hispanic, and Asian people in New York, because it's New York, Mm -hmm. throughout the whole show. I don't remember that being a thing in Friends, but I may just be not remembering
1: We, last episode, as I was oh, all right, <laughs> we, we met Pythona. She has told Serpentor that his destiny will be fulfilled if he can get his hands on something called Ugh. the broadcast energy transmitter, which is, I guess, is the MacGuffin. The right word for this, the MacGuffin for this movie, Or at I least think the so. first half of the movie. And so we open up now on some tundra-like landscape. Which, as I recall, when you did your script deviation last week. That movie opens up on a Tundra-like landscape. Am I to believe that that's the, is there a similar sort of MacGuffin like the BET that you can discern from the Freedman draft? No. In, in the Freedman draft, it's basically just Cobras doing some shit
2: in Greenland and Joe comes to it. Oh, okay. And right. here, That's in right. the movie we're watching, it's
1: the Himalayas that okay. Joe's doing stuff Is that in. right? I wasn't even sure it was the Himalayas. It's the right? Himalayas, does, Tibet. Is there a word on the screen that gives that away? I, maybe I just it? found that out in the
2: research, but it's like, I, I don't
1: know why it's in the Himalayas. Okay. But. We open up, like, on a tundra-like landscape in the Himalayas, mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of Joe's there just basically fucking around. It, there's, it's the Himalayas, but there's these Swiss mountain horns. <laughs> the, I mean, did you not think Ricola? <laughs> I did. <laughs> and uh, they're, they're all basically just pay, playing grab-ass out there. You've got Quick Kick oh, and yes. Gung Ho, and they're having a conversation, which really made me laugh a lot i'll just read what they say on screen Uh, i don't care if we have to drive all night we're gonna be there by morning (laughs) that's funny (laughs) this is another trope is it really yeah coming in on conversation
2: no it's coming in on the end of a joke right right um like the most famous one i can think of is in men in black when he flashy things uh jay uh, and uh, Kay, they, they, he wakes up at the, in a bar and he goes and Ka's in
1: the middle of a joke. He says, "Honey, this one's eating my popcorn." <laughs> I guess it is all derivative of the, uh, rectum could have killed him. Kind of. Kind of yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. The, I feel as we get into this movie though, all of these little side conversations that we hear, I feel like it's possible that some of this back and forth was just banter that the, the actors were having in the studio. And they, they, they just, just, just threw it, it in there. <laughs> there. Because it is just too weird and they didn't put it in in very good places or provide very good context. But, uh, as we scan across the scene here, we see Flint getting his Mac on with uh, Lady J over here. And I believe it is. They do have a relationship, right? We, I, don't uh, know, I don't know. Do they express that on the show? Well, I believe that there's a character named uh, Morgan Fairchild. Oh, I have I have
2: stuff to say about Morgan Fairchild. Not in this
1: episode. But okay. And yeah. she is supposed to be their daughter. Yeah. She's in Transformers. Right. Exactly. And Fairchild is his government name. Yes. Okay. Yep.
2: Hello, listeners. I'm Casey Kasem. This time, your resident trapped phantom is here to provide more information about G.I. Joe on a Transformers podcast. So that's not stupid. It's Melissa Fairborn, you dumb fuckwads, not Morgan Fairchild. Fairchild was a very famous blonde actress in the 1980s, known for North and South TV series and the nighttime soap powerhouse, Falcon Crest. It's just like, like anyone who cares is prop. just generic insult here. What the fuck? Lick my butthole. And I believe that is canon in some of the Transformers uh, 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 media. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, let's not screw that up. We're going to get lots of haters. I'm 99.9% sure. 99. sure. <laughs> so there's a lot of laughing. There's some horseplay. Fl- horse there's some mm-hmm. horseplay. And unfortunately, no one's really guarding <laughs> the, the broadcast energy transmitter. We've got mainframe, dial tone, and duke. They're, they're dicking around this bit of machinery here. Dial Tone, who has been suggested, shout out to Michael Andrews, as the shockwave of the G.I. Mm-hmm. Joe-verse, he is just sure that this thing is going to work. And unlimited power anytime we want, anywhere, anytime we want. Perfect.
2: <laughs> Do you, That's what he says, unlimited power anytime, anywhere we want. Which is-
0: did, did you, got, when I, so did you, you guys never made the connection that when you, when you see the BET that I... Like, I think of it as, like, a giant device that's going to, like, broadcast, like, episodes of The Monique Show... Or wow. Nellyville or maybe is Run's that house. How <laughs> long have you been holding on to this? They, they,
2: should, have that, t- okay. they should have
1: that tap-dancing frog on the like logo emblazoned on the side Welcome of Welcome to the WB. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fuck that frog. <laughs> um,
2: I I did have dial tone. I think I probably got him from, from a garage sale. Yeah, and then this is the weirdest thing because Duke says if this thing works, it could be the key to the world's energy crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, how? Like, I think they're conflating two things here because Buzz Dixon does say that they – this is taken from Tesla research where mm-hmm. Tesla was working on wireless transmission mm-hmm. of energy. But it seems to be that they're equating wireless energy with free energy as if it comes from nowhere, as if it's creating are s- energy.
1: Are, there, are these solar panels that are on this thing?
2: I don't think that's the implication. You don't think so? They look like the panels that are on the Close Encounters of the Third Kind – that that make the, the like the colors with the music. Maybe
0: they're hoping that
2: because the, they light up when, it, and that's what the energy shoots out of.
0: Maybe they're hoping that the energy will be actually like the energy that is inspired by the electricity of the Wendy Williams show. <laughs>
1: I hope this never stops. Also, all the references you're making aren't really uh, B black entertainment television references, are they? Is Wendy Williams on BET? A I lady, think he just the uh, Wendy Williams show has been on the BET. Okay, all right. right
0: my <laughs> yeah, uh, obviously you wouldn't know that, <laughs> it, Aaron.
1: I, I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> I'm too busy uh, watching uh, KKK friends, friends. KKK radio.
0: Oh, I'm I watching, watching KKK, <laughs> KKK radio. Right, yes, right, yes. They, a, good- they, they good- have a YouTube. Absolutely. Okay.
1: But, the, okay, those look like solar panels. I, the, obvious, I think the implication is it, it, it creates energy, though, or it somehow magnifies energy. Which is impossible. But broadcast energy transmitter, I mean, let's break that down. It's broadcasting energy, and which that's redundant, right? Broadcasting and transmitting. And transmitting, yeah. Uh, so it's, like, squared. Think, it squares the power of energy. I think they're just conflating, what,
2: like, broadcasting energy with creating it like cold fusion or something. I don't know, so we don't get. It into irritates
1: it, the hell out of me. But but what we do know is that dial tone sounds like uh, Mo Sizlak's even less <laughs> t- <laughs> testosteroneally gifted younger brother. He does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, counter uh, Counterintelligence Officer Scarlett shows up on the scene and reminds Woo. us that this piece of shit costs <laughs> 1, billion, <laughs> one billion taxpayer dollars. I didn't. I should have done the math to see what that's worth in in uh, today's dollars. One billion. It would probably be at least one and a half. I'm going to bet one point seven five. No way. I'm going to bet five. No, it's not more than double. Okay, hang on. Uh, uh, We're talking nineteen eighty seven. Inflation calculator. Uh, We've been here before. (laughs) Morgan (laughs) Freeman. This is the one I I have this bookmarked. Nineteen eighty seven. I guess we'll go with 2017. It might not be. Well, it's Uh, the over double. $2.19 billion. Yeah. All right. Well,
2: we all... I I was the closest without going over. Price of right... Price of right.
1: (laughs) Price of right (laughs) right rules. Might makes right. That's right. Meager luck. So, Duke flips the machinery on, uh, exposes the... uh, Well, this is where he says that this may be the key to the world's energy crisis, which very 80s uh, premise and need, by the way. Uh, The thing blasts a heaping amount of energy (laughs) all over the mountain. Everyone is super excited about the success of this machine. Of course, not knowing that in five years they will all have a new undiscovered form of cancer. (laughs) (laughs) But, But for now, it's all high fives. Even those who did not do the work. <laughs> Which <laughs> is most of the people. What well, the fuck's quick kick and roadblock to it? Or
2: <laughs> just, just telling shitty jokes. Yeah, up, exactly. it's like yes. you, the top it is like a name. disco
0: floor from Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. I want one of those light up floors. And
2: then it basically, again, this is the wireless bit what? of it, just makes things work independently. Yeah. And then, it, then yeah. We I had, wish I
1: could back this up five seconds. That, that was—it's like one of the machines sexually harasses. Yeah. Is it Lady J? She gets hit in the get butt by right.
0: a like by a this
1: phallic cannon. Yeah, well, oh, like yeah, I missed up out of that. No, look,
0: watch uh, it. it Pop's oh Lady my god. Jane Jane. Yeah. Pop,
1: Pops Lady Jane the old took us 12 yeah, minutes totally 55 knows. seconds.
2: Yeah, it just like straight yeah, up slides up her butt crack. That's not good. And the quick kick and, <laughs> they're probably high-fiving cuz they, they saw, saw it. it. Yes. <laughs> and then uh yeah, at 13 minutes we have cross country's havoc ran, runs away. Yeah. That's right. So And if, also
0: uh, all the radios of all the vehicles start playing DMX simultaneously. <laughs> Stop. Drop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: at this point, uh, the you know, when Cross Country's Havoc, it starts moving on its own. D- Duke actually gives a little chuckle at that point, <laughs> by the way. Uh, look at this piece of shit struggle. <laughs> but the, the yucks cease because Cross Country starts running toward... or He runs to chase down the Havoc, but then he starts running back towards the camera. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is being chased by a gigantic fleet of Cobra stun vehicles. Serpenter flies right into the scene. Destroy everything except the broadcast energy transmitter. Immediately everyone This sh- I command. Or second this I command. And immediately everyone shoots at the broadcast energy transmitter. <laughs> we, we should drink every time he says this I command. How drunk do you think we'll get?
2: I mean, we're only at two. I know. Well, yeah. We're drinking anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That's true. Right? Um, I will also <laughs> we should, say... We should drink more. <laughs> yes. That I, d- I think the tr- in the Transformers of the Movie, I think the Transformers of the Movie laser blasts are better like uh, visually, but I like the sounds of the Joe blasts more. They're not the same sound
1: effect? No. Okay. All right. Duke shuts down the broadcast energy transmitter. As we alluded, Cobra is blowing the fuck out of everything. Uh, they seem to be firing at the broadcast energy transmitter, which is sort of uh, what's anti white. What's this expect.
2: vehicle that loses control? That's a, a Havoc. It's it stands big, for Heavy Articulated Vehicle
1: Ordinance I, Carrier. I
0: want to think that the Havoc just keeps running around by itself throughout the rest like of it the Like if an artist goes to camp where <laughs> they,
1: you <laughs> no, keep no, seeing it's the It's a card. running gag yeah. and the Havoc is just in the background mm-hmm. like, along the horizon. <laughs> Oh, that's that's wonderful. that's pretty good. Uh, so the Joe, so Cobra, as we're saying, is is just blowing everything up. They are They, Look at that. they have mm-hmm. the element of surprise, yeah, which well, they a, shouldn't in a, have in a very so big dumb. way. Uh, yeah, where were the what were the Ricola no. guys?
0: No, I, I maybe
1: the Ricola guys were actually blowing a warning sign. Mean, that no agents. Into
0: I, I just want to say, Joe is they're pretty they're not very well organized.
1: <laughs> <laughs> not well. It doesn't seem like uh, they were trained for this. No. The Joes finally start to fire back, and despite the fact that a mountainous, snowy path does not seem like Harley-Davidson territory, the goddamn Dreadnoughts show up Mm -hmm. and and join the fight here at this point on their motorcycles. motorcycles. (laughs) Yeah, man. And I was going to say earlier, I like that everybody's
2: in cold weather gear, but Cobra, like the Dreadnoughts aren't. Some of the Cobra agents are,
1: but... So they blow up Snow Job's havoc. He abandons just in time, of course, and then he goes and hops on Quick Kick's havoc. They exchange some winty they exchange some witty wintery banter and take some shots. Their banter here does not make sense as I was alluding to <laughs> here. Uh here's what they said Quick Kick. Hey Snow Job, need a lift? Snow Job. Maybe walking is better for my
0: health. Quick Kick. Since when were you the nervous type? That's when things that's best- because there's so much going on that they're talking to each other, but they're not paying attention to what each other's saying. <laughs> no, they're just responding. They're just, and and they're just saying things. That's, That's like uh, they
2: actually do have an interaction in, in a little bit that I really enjoy the dialogue
1: of. So there is a high overhead. It, it's like
0: when it's like when someone is. Uh, um, What's it like? It's like when you're you're leaving the house and uh, and someone that is at the house says "Have fun tonight," and you're like, "You too." Oh. I see. We're doing Brian Regan jokes. <laughs> yeah, take take luck.
1: <laughs> take luck and have it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, th- <laughs> uh, maybe I've had too many drinks so mm-hmm. or not I enough, that's you. what I say there's a high overhead at this point of the Wendy Williams show and by the explosions <laughs> happening all around it you think that the troops aren't obeying Subenter's command to mm-hmm. not destroy it this is the w- most egregious shot here the BET is just, there's just explosions happening all around it Duke, always observant, remarks that Cobra is after the BET, <laughs> he commands is people to abandon the one billion dollar savior of all mankind and fall back? Cobra and Serpentor at this point then get into a little bit of a fight. Well, I, Go just ahead.
2: one quick thing I, I like how this is—I think specific, like they did this specifically. But like, if you notice, GI Joe always falls back and regroups, and Cobra always retreats. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's a euphemism. Uh. Doesn't Duke at this point say they're shooting at these cans? (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah!
2: (laughs) And then Serpentor says, "I must possess the broadcast energy transmitter. This I command."
1: That's number three. Number three. Mm -hmm. We'd be getting tanked on this episode. And as he says that, or before he says it, he and Cobra Commander kind of get into a little shit here. mm -hmm. And uh, Cobras give it like, "This is costing us dearly." Which the action on screen, by the way, hasn't conveyed at all. They've been actually talking about gas. Really kicking G.I. Joe's ass at this point. Serpenter calls Cobra Commander a lackey, and now I appreciate input, and as our HR representatives will tell us, feedback is a gift, but this is an offensive level of candor. Uh-huh. Uh, higher level Cobra officials really need to treat each other with more respect. Uh, also, the Megatron Starscream question persists here, because clearly Cobra Commander is a pain in the ass. Clearly no one likes him. Why didn't Serpentor get rid of him a lot earlier? Hmm. Yeah, because we don't have the
2: Starscream defense where Starscream is actually capable and like is very powerful. Whereas Cobra Commander doesn't seem to add a lot to anything. I would think
0: maybe maybe I mean maybe Serpentor just hasn't built up the documentation on on (laughs) Cobra Commander yet enough to build a case.
1: You got to have your papers. Maybe that's
0: scheduled for next week. That's right. I just haven't got to it yet.
1: I would argue Cobra Commander has shown a level of competence. He created Cobra. He did. It's true. Yeah, I don't know. Uh,
0: he seems to be the old, one of the few smart ones here. That he's wearing a hoodie.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's, he's one of the ones wearing a coat.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. he dre- at least he dresses appropriately for the situation. Is
1: there a college that has a serpent themed mascot?
0: I don't know why.
1: I just thought it'd be funny if he had college letters on his hoodie. Oh yeah, like, like oh, he's, yeah. He's part of the Indiana Kentsikawattles. <laughs> I don't know what a Quetzalcoatl is.
2: Quetzalcoatl is an Aztec god who was a serpent who and, and flew. I think uh, you knew that
1: we wouldn't know that. I did. I ju- well, I don't know. Open a book. <laughs> Ryan is always trying to prove his intellectual superiority. <sighs> it just, it don't,
2: you know, I, it, I will say this. It is very difficult and draining on me for me to constantly bring myself down to your guys' <laughs> level. So sometimes I'm sorry it comes out. It's you know
1: that's that's why APDC AD exists. Is your intent? That's, that's eyebrow baby. <laughs> <laughs> right now, you've got Cobra Commander. You've got Doctor Mindbender. They're in. They're in this machinery. Cobra and Serpentor have just exchanged some shitty dialogue, and immediately their vehicle gets uh, mm-hmm. Mindbender and Cobra Commanders get shot up by Roadblock and Snake Eyes, and so they wreck. And get just chucked into the snow. Who is that third character with them? Is it, it's got to be some kind of actual named cobra I don't know person, who that but is. I don't know who it is. It looks like a Kmart Beachhead. It does. Yeah, I was going to say it's kind of a Cobra Beachhead. They get thrown into the snow. Everybody's you know certainly unhappy about that. The Joes turn around and continue to fire on them some some rockets. The Joes the are rockets, turning the tide. By the way, I
2: don't know if you noticed, but the rockets have the sound like a uh, Prime's rifle
1: yes. sound effect. Yes, mm. I did know that. Mm. I love that sound effect, that's yeah that's my great. favorite. it's so good uh animation sound effects that I assume is only used in these two I think so <laughs> programs, but but I do love it. Duke decides to jump back to the BET. I surmise he never should have left it if Cobra wants the b e t in theory they're never gonna leave they're not gonna destroy they're it. not gonna destroy it, so why wouldn't you just stand your ground there
0: but or drive it away
1: or I mean, that thing's got to move I at mean, like, three miles an hour. Yeah, I'm, gu- I'm guessing it's not highly portable. <laughs> but I ju- mean,
0: they brought it all the way to the Alps. I, for some I was reason, thinking they built for no it reason at all. Do you not think they had? Why would I, they build it in the Alps? Why know. is it there? I don't there? see any factory. Wait, they're, not, they're in the Himalayas. They are yeah, not in the Alps.
1: Right. Oh, yeah. Maybe they just... Tibet. They got some Sherpas, that cheap Sherpa labor.
0: Yeah. I don't
1: know. Mm, capitalism. No offense to any Sherpas out no. there. No. <laughs> Wherever Sherp is at, (laughs) so Duke jumps back to the BET. He 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 says that the BET is the Joe's only shot, and he asks for cover. He runs toward it. He takes uh, a laser singe to the shoulder Mm -hmm. while while trying to get over to it.
2: The bit where I like uh, the interaction between the dialogue of quick kick and. uh, snow job. Thank you, snow job. Uh, where he says, "Man with the problem." I just really enjoy that. I I, I thought that was a really good line. Mm-hmm.
1: Who who wrote that line?
2: Uh, Buzz Dixon would probably be one, I guess. Probably.
1: <laughs> At this point, Serpentor flies towards the BET. Uh, Duke kind of grabs up from underneath it, uh, rides it into the air and while he's in the air from <laughs> underneath it, he he chucks a grenade into it. Oh oh he pulls the pin with his teeth and chucks a grenade into it. Is that a is there a trope to that? Yes. Like, you can't do that. Would it, would, it, would it pull out your front teeth? Yes. If, if you did such a in thing? In fact, Buzz
2: Dixon mentions that. Because Buzz Dixon did do five years in the military, and uh, he mentioned specifically at this
1: part that you'd lose your teeth if you did that. <laughs> Maybe G.I. Joe has quick release, grenades. They, <laughs> yeah,
0: that they made like, the pull with their
1: teeth. Also, where did he button. pull that grenade It from? was out of his coat. Okay, so it was just like in his pocket, like like my wallet. Would I mean, be. Oh,
0: that's okay. I mean, that's that makes sense. I mean, sure, that's not so hard. There's
1: probably work. like on uh, like he had it on on the mesh, you know. I, I feel like grenades are usually attached to something, like there's some security, it's more than just dangling like your car keys. Well, you uh, you're so, not in the you army. You realize Duke
0: is dangling. <laughs> well, this from, is an army. You realize Duke is dangling from a, a an improbable Serpentor flying machine, right?
1: That's true. What makes that thing go? That's, Did Elon Musk design that? Yeah,
0: magnets. How do they work? <laughs> Duke chucks
1: the grenade into the. Uh, what is the name of Serpentor's
0: vehicle? I did not. I did know. not, I did not look name? that up. I bet you it does. Snake yeah. Slay. Hang on. I'm Snake gonna... Slay. I like that. I hate everything about Serpentor. I don't. Uh, why
2: do you hate him so much? Is it just because he, he usurped Cobra Commander?
0: Uh, partly, and also he's just look. He it's just, called the Air Chariot. He's just. That's not well, a good name. He's just oh. ridiculous. They oh. should call it the
1: Ariot. <laughs> Duke throws his grenade into some air vents of what I have just learned is called Serpentor's Air Chariot, and he drops off of the machine, grenade explodes, destroying Serpy's ship, and deep runs back to the BET, activates it, which causes a, a, a cache of Joe missiles mm-hmm. to fire on Cobra from behind and help turn that tide. They end. got a squadron there. of patriots back there. That's right. At this point, the Cobra troops panic. Cobra Commander demands that they stand their ground, but people don't seem to really be wanting to stand their ground <laughs> at, at this point. Which is a, it's a weird thing. Like the juxtaposition of when Cobra Commander says stand your ground and As then says retreat. Like
2: immediately turns
1: around on it. Yeah. Right. Serpentor attacks Duke on <gasps> the BET, <laughs> throws him to the ground. He pulls out one of his patented snake spears. Now, this one is more of a spear, less of a cane. Uh, What's your take on this, Ryan? We've been debating
2: Here's the funny thing about this. Whenever he throws it, and we're at like, um, what, uh, 1650, he throws the snake, it misses Duke, and then the snake just fucks off. It's like, peace. I'm out.
1: What else is it going to do? Where did it go? What's it doing? Why doesn't it just remain there? It can't survive in this harsh environment. Those things are from India. <laughs> well, as again, India. I have
2: contested that they are technology, <laughs> but, like, so it just is it's, I guess it's fine, but it doesn't make any sense to me. Duke is just looking at it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, <laughs> what is that? What? <laughs> what?
1: Did you just throw a snake at me? <laughs> So, there's some good exchanges here. This is actually a really good, uh, fisticuff mm-hmm. moment here. Uh, Duke w- is on the ground, Serpentor charges, Duke manages to do some judo shit that gets Serpy, as I like to call him, thrown yes. in, ultimately thrown into the satellite dish. I think, and going back to your thing about the
2: retreat thing, and we'll see in a second where he, Cobra Commander calls retreat, I think he does it specifically because they're like, let's leave Serpentor here, and let's bug out. I guess that's a good
0: point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's <laughs> kicked, like, kicked in the
1: satellite dish and gets electrocuted. Yeah, <laughs> And it just slides off, smoldering and yeah. plopping onto the ground. Mm-hmm. So, okay, that makes sense, yeah. Cobra Commander just sees another moment to, An opportunity. Leave, to leave Serpentor in the dust. You've got Destro Baroness, Mindbender. They want to help Serpentor. Cobra Commander, commands the retreat. And he, he knows of a mountain sanctuary that they can use to regroup. Uh, at this point, Duke flips Serpentor over. Roadblock shows up in rhymes. And- I was going to say, yeah, I have that, actually. Roadblock is black and
2: rhymes. And it made me think of Blaster. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which... Uh- Buster
1: Jones does do a voice, but it's not Roadblock. He, he, it's not till the end of the movie. He's Doc. I've got Roadblock on my voice actor itinerary for the end of the episode. Did vo- did Roadblock rhyme in the show? I don't. This is the only time he rhymes in the movie. I was going to say we are going to see more Roadblock talking later, and he does not rhyme. <laughs> no, but it felt too specific on purpose. Yes. <laughs> To not be a th- it felt like, having not watched G.I. Joe in forever, I felt like, does he do this all the time?
2: Yeah, it was weird. But then again, I don't remember blaster rhyming all the time, but it was m- maybe more of a thing.
1: When I was researching that a little bit, I didn't watch any old G.I. Joe shows, but I also learned that the rhyming character is a trope. Oh. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got, a, you've got sure. I mean, even it, you've got blaster and wheelie, wheelie. and transformers. <laughs> One a little more annoying than the other. (laughs) (laughs) One is cool. (laughs) Cobra is retreating. Mm -hmm. G.I. Joe is regrouping. Duke says that they're going to have to split the force up. Half is going to have to go chase Cobra. Half is going to have to guard Serpentor and the BET. He commands Roadblock to to get a little crew together and go after Cobra. Cobra is still seeking refuge in the mountains at this point. The the troops are freezing. They're unhappy with this decision. Cobra Commander is demanding to push on.
0: Uh, However... He knows a place. That's right. He knows a place. He,
1: He believes in it. I will say
2: this... Unlike in Transformers the movie, the they actually decide to go after the retreating villains. Right. Like, as opposed to Autobot City, we're like, ah, they're
1: fine. <laughs> I guess the difference being that the Autobots took some heavy losses. They kind of needed to regroup themselves. Don't you think? Uh, I mean... N- did they, though? They were psychologically damaged.
0: Prime. Prime.
1: All those other people. Yeah. Windcharger, Wheeljack. Yeah. I suppose, everybody on that yeah, ship. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Nobody's died yet on this show. Or will. Spoilers. Spoilers. (laughs) That's right. No real world consequences. Roadblock's team catches up with Cobra and attacks. The team uh, plods through a tunnel to find the sanctuary. The Cobra team, that is. Mm -hmm. It is when they get through that tunnel... We're gonna find that it is filled with these fifty-story-tall stalks with these alien-like pods on the tops and on the ends. Uh, and me, eyes playing tricks on me. It's <laughs> revealed that Cobra Commander knows about this place. Yeah, that's right. So R- Roadblock and the team is gonna charge through here. By the way, and uh, at this at this point in time. Well, I mean, I guess you'd have to know Cobra Commander's going to know about the place because he mentioned that he knows about the sanctuary. Or you, well, you could just think he's full of shit, that, which everybody true. seems to. That, he true. actually
0: pulls into this place like, wow, oh wow, <laughs> <And it's> like
1: <laughs> this is the first we see in this movie that the havoc has this ability to open up and shoot like a big old flying hover vehicle, which. Roadblock manages to drive. With his feet. Walt, yeah, with, with, think, exactly. Completely yeah. with his feet. I don't know how that works, but you know what? He has had practice. Yes. Um, he charges. He stopped as some mysterious hands mm. uh, emerge from the snow, grab his hover vehicle from below. Uh, the mystery creature will then flip Roadblock out of the vehicle and pull him below the snow. <laughs> <laughs> A whirlwind opens up. In the ice there, and a strange bunch of new bug-faced, orangish-red troopers emerge, yelling what can only be described as a mix uh, between the sound of a, a very large hornet's nest uh-huh. and, and a jihadist war yeah, cry. Yeah. And they, I have notes about that later. Bob Dixon talks about that. They have been—they have these giant, pedal-shaped swords. They're incredibly strong. They start fucking these Joes up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Snowjob gets in his vehicle. He goes after Cobra Commander, but before he can capture him, that same unidentified winged figure as before emerges from the ice again and stops the car. Not only does he stop it, he lifts it up in <laughs> the air it up. <laughs> and uses his spiked elbow to stab into the vehicle, grab Snow Job and throw him out.
2: Opens it up like a can of sardines. The music. I is- do
1: like also that every
2: Joe. There's no specialization. All Joes know how to drive all vehicles. Sure. of course. I mean that's
0: it's cross trained. Sure, spe- they do have specializations, but yeah, they're capable of doing other things.
2: I just thought the idea that like somebody who is trained in a tank could drive like I don't know a,
1: a helicopter is kind of. Or some other made-up science vehicle. (laughs) Yes. The the music at this point, by the way, has all been in Transformers. Mm -hmm. Cobra Commander is uh, very happy. He applauds the strangers. Strangers to us, not to him. uh, And and approaches the winged one to, uh, to only get just backhanded to the ground, which I hate to admit, Uh, was pretty funny
2: it is funny i feel like there's a missed opportunity for a joke here um where destro says he knows these people and cobra commander says you're as impressive as ever backhand i feel like the obvious next line should have been well it sure looks like they know him
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) and delivered by uh
2: anybody uh, baroness destro
0: maybe i don't know whatever
2: that's a solid that's a solid punch up I feel. I like it Ryan. <laughs> Thank you. You you should be in Hollywood.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm the I'm Bruce Valencio with you. So Cobra Commander commander <laughs> is dumbfounded and he says that Galabieless will have your head for this and that's when our new friend from the uh, last episode Pythona emerges mm-hmm. and tells Cobra Commander that it is his own head that he should be worried about. He's like, what? Cobra Commander is not happy to see Pythona, and he takes off in one of these stun vehicles here. Pythona commands uh, the new character, who uh, we'll just call him Nemesis Enforcer, his his God-given name, to retrieve Cobra Commander, and he does this, but not without making this just terrible, awful, guttural sound. So Nemesis Enforcer brings Cobra Commander back to the scene. We see some of the wasp-like uh, they're called Royal Guard, by the way, is their official name. Mm. I really like their design. It's very – it's very, it's a lot of fun. It's creepy. I mean, the designers for the Cobra Law, the one thing – I mean, it was, it, they had their shit together when they planned I agree. It looks very good. Yeah, they, they did a great job of making it very – synchronous, and just, it all works mm-hmm. really well together. Absolutely. So they're walking some prisoners to an undisclosed location. Are those prisoners G.I. Joe or no, Cobra those are people?
0: Cobra. Okay. They're, they're like walking everybody. You can even see Destro in there.
1: Okay. So they're, they're walking them to a location. Ripper uh, shows up and asks where the prisoners are being taken, and Pythona answers in a way that indicates that she knows who all these people mm-hmm. are. Uh, she commands the Dreadnoughts to go and rescue Serpentor. Zartan, and Why the Dreadnoughts? Uh, I mean, they've got skills. I guess. <laughs> I Zart- guess. Zart- Zartan's They're masters in- of disguise. <laughs> they, as we will see. Uh, he's like, lady, we don't know who the fuck you are. And Pythona pulls out a, a <laughs> giant... Comically uh, gem, and pulls a David S. Pumpkins and like, <laughs> Any
2: questions? <laughs> Topical. <laughs> oh,
1: a three-year-old joke. <laughs> and to that, uh, I do like his response. basically agrees to take on the mission. That is a great line.
2: Oh yeah, it's uh, a gem of that size answers all all my yeah. questions, yeah. which is an obvious line. I knew he was going to say that, but it's it's it great. It's exactly mean. what you want. It's well-written. Yep. The, the animation on his face and his cohorts. And uh, it def- they definitely, it. yeah, they, the way they, they animated definitely illustrates, like, his longing for that. It's right. very
1: well His done.
0: allegiance is with...
1: Oh, yeah. He's, like, the highest bidder. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, and that's where we're going to leave it for this episode here. How did you all feel about that battle scene? Uh, <laughs> um, I... I, I mean, I, I thought it thought it was
2: serviceable. I, I there was a I, a fair amount of fairly good explosions. I enjoyed it. Uh, it seems like you are are heading in some directions. So. No, I'm not. I was All, just oh, curious. Okay.
0: All I can say is when I was when I was young and watching it, it was interesting that for some reason this movie. I develop a lot of sympathy for anyone that suffers at the hands of Cobra Law. <laughs> and, I don't, and, I, and I develop a, a, a strange amount of sympathy in this movie for Cobra Commander. Oh,
1: absolutely, yeah.
0: And at this, it's at this point where you start, you know, it was fun to see him kind of get made fun of a little bit at the hands of Joe's in the series, mm-hmm. but... He yeah he, he gets really, goes through get,
2: some shit he does yeah.
0: and and it's interesting that the writers decide to build in that sympathy for Cobra. Commander. It's true. I
2: don't. I wonder if that's in, it. Must be. I assume it's intentional. But yeah. like, it really Cobra Commander for, is so human. Like he's like the humanized version. Like per, yeah. person in this for, story. For me
0: in the movie, and we can discuss this more later. The character development of Cobra Commander, in my opinion, is one of the more profound mm-hmm. and interesting ones in the movie.
2: Mm-hmm. And I wonder how much of that can be laid at like, the feet of Chris Latta's, like in, like his delivery of well, some of
0: these... He, I don't think... I, I, yes, I think it was a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. The, the he, what he could bring to it emotionally to a character that you... Never see their face! <laughs> never see their face until a certain point. And then when you see their face, it's disfigured in a certain way. Mm-hmm. So um, that battle sequence kind of starts that for me. Right. Okay.
1: Well, it yeah, yeah, it really is the beginning of that journey because what's about to really happen to Cobra Commander is he's about to be betrayed. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. And, and really there's betrayal. Way. There's there's betrayal, and also you. I don't think.
1: Not, but he's betrayed because he betrayed. Also. You see
0: the also you see the Joes in this get kicked around in a certain degree that you never really saw before in the in the um, in the in the series in a way mm-hmm. where they you know they get their asses kicked really hard mm-hmm. and um, they really seem to be helpless. And yeah, you it's don't true. See they, them, they're at a
2: huge disadvantage in some of these. You
0: don't see too. them this helpless. The only thing I can compare it to is the episode where. Um, uh, the episodes where shipwreck is in that weird. It was what's the episode? It has it refers to Springfield. It's the one where the people's faces are melting.
1: I don't oh, I've I sent this I to know me. what you're talking about, but I haven't seen a GI Joe episode in so long that I can't remember. <laughs> this was, seven, it was uh, a. It was a creepy episode. It was psychologically. Right? Was it a Mindbender oh. episode?
0: I don't remember exactly, okay. and I and I I'm gonna have to do my homework so we can talk about it more. But I would say that. Casey Kasem here again to pull the ample fat of the Autopod
2: Decepticast out of the fire. The episode these dirtbags are floundering to recall is season one, episode 54 and 55, There's No Place Like Springfield. Shipwreck is subliminally given a formula to turn water into explosions, is captured by Cobra, who then attempts to extract the information through an extremely elaborate fake family job hospital, and parrot. In fact, when Shipwreck's real parrot finds him, Shipwreck grabs the parrot and asks him how he knows he can be trusted. The parrot, the parrot, says, Rock, remember that night in Annapolis? And Shipwreck instantly trusts him. What? Some serious shit went down in Annapolis, listeners, and that bird knows where the bodies are buried. Oh, and Cobra has mastered perfect goo-morphing copies of G.I. Joe, and they only use them to try to get the formula for
0: explosive water. Here's a tip. It's called gasoline. There there hasn't been very many points in the series before this where they're as helpless as they are right now. Right. And, and so that, there's, like,
1: real... Sorry to say the word again. Psychological aspects to it. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's how I feel about this battle. It it starts that. Why is Cobra Commander scared of Pythona? And maybe it gets revealed later in the movie. But it, I, I, I presume he knew her mm-hmm. be, because yeah. he's been a part of. Obviously, he's got connections to Cobra Law, and he knew and he said her name. It's... But did she? Does she have dirt on him? And certainly, she oh, probably course. would know from being on base. While the during the whole Serpentor sequence, that uh that Cobra Commander was like trying to set Serpentor up to get murdered. So maybe she knows that, and he knows she knows that, but he doesn't know it was
0: her. It's, it's at that base. It's odd. It's odd. You would think that Serpentor would already know where Cobra Law is, and would also right. be aware that Cobra Law was so close mm-hmm. to the battle site. Well, he probably did know that. Then why would it you know it, it's it's a pro, it's, it's complicated a, it's, because it's, also why wouldn't Cobra Law come out and just yeah. get the B E T. That's right. That's <laughs> <laughs> they got a lot of troops. It's, it's, <laughs> it's problem. it's problematic, and I mm-hmm. think it's just it's a plot. It's a it's a problem with the plot, but okay. we're just gonna have to move past okay. it. Yep. <clears throat> Alright, well then I guess that maybe brings us to
1: the, the exciting, tantalizing segment of the show that we like to call <laughs> <rip> Deviations. <laughs> Um, so
2: I will. I don't have any of the outline that uh, Ron Friedman did of the script that he wrote for this. Uh, we haven't gotten to that yet. It kind of skips
1: straight from.
0: But m- maybe we'll get it. Maybe we will. <laughs> we're uh, working on it. Crossed. Wouldn't that be great
1: if we were the first? Yeah, oh, be, we'd be on the GI Joe map, baby. And then
2: the and then money comes
1: running. Yeah, <laughs>
0: whoa, slow down!
1: So much money, <laughs> we're just going to start bootlegging that script so that the 150 people worldwide. That are I, in when it. you
2: said that, I just had an image of me standing over a copy machine, smoking a cigar, just going.
1: <laughs> <laughs> in this version of you, you're a lot fatter. You oh yeah yeah
2: i mean i'm pretty fat now i'm I've been working on it
1: yeah. i'm just saying from all that extra meat you've been eating from you know all the ham <laughs> the pineapple
2: coated <laughs> uh. all right so the so what i'll read now is just some of the buzz dixon commentary that we had from it uh he and this is pretty common knowledge uh, cobra law was a placeholder name Oh wow! Um, it was a Shangri La reference, mm-hmm. basically, and he felt like that was pretty obvious, and he was going to change it later. But Hasbro
1: fucking loved it, which I guess they seem like they they just they like, loved everything. We we're like, do it all. Mm-hmm. Well, like in the eighties, did everyone just get Shangri La? I mean, maybe it
0: seemed too I feel on like the nose. They yeah, too I, on the nose to him. But... I don't. I think people had, were. I don't think everybody knew what Shingleroad necessarily was but they'd heard it they'd heard it a lot and they probably maybe subconsciously associated it I can it see with how that. it's a an place, exotic by name. an exotic place right mm. it doesn't feel that well thought out
2: No, because it was never meant to be that. In fact, he says that if he suspected they would have kept it, he would have called it Granny's Body House. (laughs) 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 Which he continues to refer to it in the rest of the commentary as Granny's Body Body House. (laughs) House.
0: I like this guy. Yeah.
2: Um, The punchline that was delivered by Quick Kick is apparently a real joke, which I couldn't find, uh, that that, uh, Dixon says is the dirtiest joke I ever heard. Which kind of goes along with like the uh, like voice actors being filthy and stuff like that, but he does not elaborate on it. But you googled the words, yeah, to and, the and, joke a, and, nothing and nothing happened. Came up. Nothing came really? up. Okay.
0: Oh wow, it's kind of like a, a. The only thing that came up was the reference to Men in Black. Is it like? Is you think it's, so? You think it's like a a voice actor's like version of the aristocrats kind of thing? Yeah, maybe. Except nobody knows it, right? <laughs> We're have to as pass- opposed to everyone knowing it. <laughs> You should ask at the convention. I'm just going to go
1: up to Michael Bell and be like, we're going to drive all day till we get there. And I don't care if we have to, to drive. If well, he won't understand that because the line is, I don't care if we have to drive all night. <laughs> okay, all right. And he's just going to look at me and give me like a secret handshake.
2: And then you're going to be like, come up to my room. I'll be in the bathroom. You play Super Mario Brothers.
1: You must make the fireworks go off. I need the fireworks.
2: <laughs> and whenever you go down the tube, you know what happens. <laughs> um the so the part where the, the vehicles are their the stuns are driving at each other in the, uh, the Himalayas, one piloted by Mindbender and the other by Roadblock, mm-hmm. um, where they're shooting at each other. Uh Dixon says it's a game of chicken between two
1: mustachioed baldies. <laughs> I want to read more scripts.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, for the show, much like Transformers, they had uh, the ensemble cost, cost, cast cast try to be in the studio to play off each other. But for the movie, they didn't do any of that. It was all singular, so the actors couldn't really play off each other as strongly as they might have. And and he wished they could have like had a table read something like that, which uh, that makes sense to me. I feel like they did a good job, but yeah, I can I totally see that. Um, it sounds like Hasbro was a lot more lenient with Joe than Transformers because Dixon says they didn't dictate which vehicle or characters to use at all, like in any of the episodes. Mm. Wow. Oh, yeah, the point of having Roadblock and his crew uh, and everybody trapped in Cobra Law was to, quote, get rid of a lot of Joes, end quote, in the sense of taking them off the playing board so they could introduce new characters. Oh, interesting.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, we'll we'll just let the movie progress. My question was going to be, do we just have a lot of Joes held hostage? I know, obviously, we have the Cobra Commander. uh, Unfortunately,
0: Shipwreck. Shipwreck, yeah. He's held. He's He's out of commission. Right. (laughs) <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> that trilling sound that you mentioned, Aaron, that la- 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 was insp- inspired by Lawrence of Arabia. Okay. Uh, Arab women with high pet- yeah. high-pitched, high-pitched sound—they get penetrate for miles. Uh, unfortunately, the male actors had voices too deep for the sharp, high pitch that Buzz Dixon kind of wanted it to happen. Like, I, I think later when the Cobra characters start doing it, as
1: opposed to the, the call from the wasp-like character. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And that's all I've got for that episode. Excellent. Well, maybe by the time we record again, we'll have the original script from Ooh, Ron be dynamite. We'll have exchanged probably, I don't know, he'll probably give it to us for like... Bodily fluids? $16. I need you to come in this cup. <laughs> well, then, that, that brings <laughs> me to the... A segment I'm happy to get into because I missed it from the Transformers days because we just mm-hmm. we did it early on, but we ran out of people to talk about, and that's the voice actor segment. absolutely. And we briefly we've covered a few of these people on the Transformers the movie uh, portion of the podcast, so we won't go into too much detail on those crossover people. And I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it off with the big gun first of all. Nemesis Enforcer is the coolest. Uh, name of any character across both universes. That is an awesome name. I submit that I hate that name. Really? I think it's ridiculous. Ah, oh, I mean man. it means enemy
2: bouncer basically. Why do you got to break it down? <laughs> I, just, I
1: just, I've never liked that name. Anyway,
2: I'm sorry. I love it. Go it ahead.
1: sounds amazing. But Ryan, I think you know who who voices that. I do.
2: Um, it is uh, someone who's near and dear to our
1: hearts, Mr. Peter Cullen. That's right. Oh. And. It had to be an, uh, not a very big paycheck. I can't imagine. I can't he imagine. basically grunts. Yeah. I don't even know why they got him. I don't either. They could have gotten anybody. Does Frank Welker have any voices in this He movie? does. I don't know if he has it in the movie, but I have Frank
2: Welker down here, um, who obviously we know from Transformers and Megatron and everyone else. Um, uh, he does Torch, Wild Bill, Order, who's the dog. So, yes, he's in this oh, movie. Oh, wow. Uh, and Pingu... And Robbie the Seal, which I
1: don't remember those. He was too busy movie. kicking ass. I don't know who Pingu slides. is. I know who it is,
2: but I don't remember. The, is that in the movie or the show? I don't know.
1: Do you have you ever watched Pingu? I yes, I know who it is.
2: I but love
0: I'm Pingu. like. Why is that in this? Is My boy a GI Joe character. No, Pingu is a is a claymation. Um, uh, it's a claymation penguin. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. So why are we talking about it? Well,
2: apparently it's a it's really it, it is. I think either in this movie or in the show because it was
1: on the list of things. Pingu's he did in, the in this show.
0: movie.
1: I don't know. I don't know, I don't know. Keep an eye out Are you um, ready for this thing. I don't know about I'm <laughs> yes. fascinated.
0: Pingu is a, a European, it's like a Scandinavian claymation show, and it's really, really good. Okay. Um it's about a penguin in the Arctic and he's got it deals with family dynamics. And I'm I'm actually really surprised that Frank is doing the Pingu voice. That's exciting for me. You would you wouldn't understand. Oh. <laughs> he
1: wouldn't or, I mean, I have a family.
0: I have a family. Okay, well, then I don't know why you don't understand. <laughs> oh, because I'm dead inside. Yeah, that's right. Zaymont uh, and mm-hmm. Duke,
1: both voiced by Michael Bell, who we covered last episode. Love Michael Bell. He uh, also did Blowtorch and many Transformers characters. Lift Tickets. Uh, Sideswipe and Prowl. I didn't know this. I assumed that Zaymont and Tomax were done by the same person, but yeah, that's no. untrue. Huh. Tomax was done by none other than who, Ryan? Uh. Uh, I don't Corey think. Burton, thank you. <laughs> yes, oh, there it is. I thought you it's knew it. <laughs> spike Shockwave, uh, Sunstreaker. Bro. I couldn't find it on my list. <laughs> that's right. Uh, we mentioned last episode Neil Ross. Shipwreck finally got a line in this movie, so we'll we'll talk about him. He also did Buzzer, Monkey Wrench, and Hector Ramirez, mm-hmm. who is the uh, the Geraldo analog mm-hmm. to this. Also universe. in Jim, we, re- we remember him from Transformers: Springer Bone Crusher, Hook. Many other voices. Gung-ho was Christopher Collins. Chris Lata, he also did Cobra Commander and Ripper. Uh, Guys, we know that Mr. Bell, Mr. Collins, Mr. Burton, Mr. Ross are all alive. Mr. Collins is with Jesus. However, we have some new players of the game here. So it's important to understand the status of their blood pressure. Not whether it's high or low, just that it exists. Mm -hmm. And so I've got about seven or eight characters here. We're hopefully Ryan hasn't already done the research and knows the answers to all these questions. But I don't think so. We'll play a little oh uh, a little version of Alive or Dead. Cool. Oh, um, okay. And uh, with some of the characters that were introduced in this episode, that Are most uh, respectful that, of games that were that were weren't a part of the Transformers. Or I used universe. to call it Dead or Not Dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I like that better. We'll rebrand. That's whenever
2: we were working up stuff for TF Yeah,
1: mainframe. Was played by a, uh, a gentleman named Pat Penny. Mainframe was was really all he did for GI Joe. He was also on that The Dukes show that we talked about oh. last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was on Fraggle Rock, Mighty Mouse, New Adventures of uh, of, of Mighty Mouse, the the, the John Kay show that uh-huh. basically made his career uh, before Running Stimpy, SpongeBob, Robot Chicken. He does all. He's the resonant person that does the voices for He Man and Terminator. He's repped by William Morris, and I presume still is because this guy is alive. Very good. That, that was a left. gimme. was yes. a gimme to prime you guys that for was the, the game. Prime the pump. Okay, uh, next up, we're gonna talk about that's, dial tone. That's
0: one. That's one. Me, Ryan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you beat. Okay. Make sure you keep the score. Okay. <laughs> dial tone. Hank Garrett. Lots of TV movie work in the '70s and '80s. He was Officer Ed. In Car Fifty Four, where, where are, are you? Uh, he was on Paris, Three's Company, Knots Landing, Airwolf. He was in Death Wish, Amityville Horror, Serpico. GI Joe is one of his few voiceover credits, along with additional voices on Garfield. Definitely dead. Dead. He's alive. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Super. I just thought there was a lot of seventies. How, how old is he? Scarlet B.J. Ward <laughs> doesn't know how old they are. Okay. A.K.A. Betty Jean Ward. A ton of credits. Incredible Hulk, Alvin and the Chipmunks, Scooby-Doo, Princess Allura on Voltron. She also cheated on the Transformers with the GoBots. Pound Puppies, Yogi Bear, Real Ghostbusters. She was a Broadway vocalist, former Playboy Bunny. She is the stepmother to Helen Hunt. And uh, what do you guys think? Alive. Alive.
2: Heart is still beating. Excellent.
1: Cross country. I hope they're all
2: alive, by the
1: way, listeners. (laughs) Michael McConaughey played co- cross-country. I don't know how it is you uh, specialize in certain types of gigs, but this guy, he ha- did has been involved in anime since the late 70s. Hmm. So we're talking about um, Lupin the Third, Mobile Suit Gundam, oh. Gundam Goligo 13, Robotech, Dragon Ball before it was Dragon Ball Z. Uh he also did visionaries. He was mm-hmm. he's done a ton of video games for Transformers. He played the role of Trax and Cosmos. He was president of the Nevada-based Vox Works Voice Acting Corporation. And this is this is interesting. He was the voice of Tatsu, who was Shredder's number two guy in the live action. Ninja Turtles movies, number one and two, oh, I know. he did the voice of oh, this Oh, that guy was dubbed? And uh, so, what do you guys think? Caleb, you go first this time. Dead. I'll go alive. He was the voice of Tatsu <laughs> in the Ninja Turtles movies, an Asian character. He is white and very much alive. Darn it. <laughs> He's white. White and alive. Wait, that guy had a thick his, Asian accent. <laughs> his name is McConaughey.
2: Oh no. No, I'm just saying like that character. No, I know that was
1: so it's it's yellow voice. Wow. Call it what you will. Snow Job, voiced by Rob Paulson. This guy. This guy is one of the kings. He had a his few name other... is Robert Paulson. <laughs> Very good. Wow. <laughs> Dang, nice reference. <laughs> he had a long, uh, strong career that is definitely down to get the friction on. <laughs> on Transformers, he was Air Raid and Slingshot and Haywire. Haywire was a, a target master character that we wouldn't care about.
2: Yep.
1: He was Gladstone Gander on DuckTales. He was lots of voices on Rescue Rangers, Tailspin, mm-hmm. Darkwing Duck. He was a big player in the Disney catalog. Mm-hmm. Raphael on the Disney Ninja Afternoon. Turtles. Arthur on Tick uh likely best known for animaniacs uh he was yakko warner and pinky what do you guys think you have to go alive dead he's alive i actually knew that Time. i know that actor he voiced he he voiced jim carrey's character of stanley ipkiss in the cartoon spin-off of the, the mask, mask. Uh, when a Jim Carrey movie is aired on just normal television and it needs to be edited for language, he does wow. the Jim Carrey <laughs> voiceover work. <laughs> it's good work if you can get it. Roadblock. Kane Holliday. I apologize if I murder that name. Actor. Uh, he mostly live action. He love American style. Carter Country. He was on the show Soap. The Philadelphia Experiment. Greatest American Hero. Benson. Oh. Hill Street Blues. Matlock. Doogie Hauser. Uh, After marrying Linda Linda Copling in 1996, he became a traveling evangelist. He and his wife spent the next decade preaching in gospel musicals. Oh, no. Dead. Dead. Hallelujah. He is alive!
2: (laughs) I feel like I think you're... I think I see a pattern.
0: Currently, Ryan is ahead four to my three. Ooh, there's two left. Okay. Ooh, boy. Work your strategy. It'd
1: be. Mm. Quick Kick. Francois Hsiao. Uh This is an exciting one for me, actually, because uh, Francois Shao is an actor. He's born in Cambodia. Mm-hmm. Most of his credits are live action, not voiceover. Quick Kick is his only Joe credit. He has a few other relatively inconsequential animation voiceover work, but uh, he's been on a lot of television shows Hill Street Blues, China Beach, Hunter, Baywatch, MacGyver. The Adventures of Briscoe County, Jr. Love it. ER, Nash Bridges, JAG, Alias, and 24. There are two credits that stand out for me. Uh, he played the role of Shredder in Ninja Turtles Two: Secret of the Ooze. Oh. Not Ninja Turtles 1. And... Dr. Marvin Candle, aka Dr. Mark Wickman, aka Dr. Edgar Hallowax, aka Dr. Pierre Chang, the Dharma theoretical astrophysicist uh. who appeared on all the orientation films and maybe responsible for all the events on the show Lost. You really liked Lost, didn't you? Yeah, oh, yeah, I know. I know Ryan, Ryan is, likes to be the guy. Who doesn't like everything. You that everybody portray does. me as this.
2: I like what I like. I don't care. I just I did not like Lost. It doesn't matter. But uh, so, but I remember like we talked about on last episode about the costumes. Whereas the one where uh, Caleb was Cobra Commander, you were a Dharma Initiative. Uh,
1: no, I was old Greg when when nope. Ryan Ryan uh, Ryan put the picture. Look up. at the look at the fucking oh, we- look at our website. website, asshole. Oh shit, those are my chubby days. All right. They sure were.
2: <laughs> um, I will say alive.
0: I'll say alive. He may be lost, but he is alive. Right. <laughs> so this is my, all right. This is make or break. Yeah. So whatever I say.
2: Um. In speaking of which, I'm glad you brought up a uh, French, uh, Francois Chau. I. Sh- Shao, I think is that. Uh, but it. I, I was going to say that in a strange break, like of these voice actors with AD convention, a lot of the newer ones they brought on, especially uh, the ones portraying like people of color, they're
1: actually race appropriate. Like that guy was, is portraying. I would think Quick Kick is probably more Japanese, but whatever. Looks, uh, at least he's Asian. <laughs>
0: yeah, he looks kind of Filipino. Maybe he <laughs> <Quisic> looks Filipino. <laughs> he's wearing know. he's
1: wearing a headband. In my head, headband equals uh, Japanese. Or maybe more Chinese, actually. Well, I, uh, Jinx is Japanese. Uh, she's portrayed by. The... I haven't looked up the bio on Quick Kick. Let's do it real quick. Hang on. Japanese father, Korean mother. Okay. He is by country of origin, <laughs> not biracial. One more Thrasher, Ted Schwartz. Uh, there's not a lot on this guy. He was Peter Parker in the eighty-one, eighty-two series, which is a little confusing because Dan Gilvezan actually is famous for playing uh, Peter Parker, Spider-Man in in the early '80s Spider-Man series. So it's a weird credit. He was Tailgate on in transformers which is not a popular g1 cartoon character i think he was in one episode but it is a very popular idw character and he also did rodimus prime on the five faces of darkness series only oh. um he was uh also on the chocolate fever episode
0: of oh, cbs no. story break ted schwartz
2: uh you go
0: first caleb what's to score well, it's it's five four. So all I can do is tie right. with you. Oh, so I'm ahead. You're, yeah, you've been ahead by one for the past okay. couple. You days. guys want to bet some points? We'll no, we'll no, do a no, final no, no, Jeopardy. No, 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 no. no. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say uh, that he is alive. You know
2: what? I know that he's alive, but I'll say dead.
0: He's dead. <laughs> Damn it! I thought you were doing all the life
2: wow! people.
1: <laughs> I saved the dead guy for last nice job. <laughs> nice fake out.
2: Oh, I thought wow. I noticed I thought I cracked the code. You know 2014. You know, I will say, Ryan, <laughs> that was
0: a very, very kind gesture. <laughs> Thank you so much. Even
2: though it wow. worked again. It didn't work at all. No, no, age, it worked, 80, it did pat- work
0: for him. He he won by two points. No. Yeah. Oh, that's right. No, I'm sorry. Yes. You did get it. You did get it. I apologize. Got By it. trying to get it wrong, he got it right. I need to drink
1: a little slower. <laughs> Aged 80, passed away. There, there is very little information on him, so I can, we can't even talk about what, uh, what he passed away from. But those, so those are the voice actors introduced in this episode. So I guess it's time, guys, to uh, go oh. to our iconic <laughs> Joe
0: <enjoyment. laughs>
1: Early. That's good enough, right? <laughs> That's the you want another tag? That is
2: the tag to everything we do. That's good enough, right? <laughs> do you want another nope. one? Nope.
1: Okay. You should take all of those <laughs> love and mash them together. Caleb. Yes. I always like to hear your iconic
0: gentleman. Because uh, you have one, <laughs>
1: as opposed to when we did Transformers. <laughs> true. Well,
0: yeah. Uh. Do you remember what happened this episode? Yes, of course I do. I just got to think about it. Give me a second. Aaron, tell us, I- tell us
1: your iconic gentleman. For me... Uh, it was really the reveal of this new race of, I guess, semi-humanoids. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, all the creepiness associated with oh it, and just Nemesis Enforcer as the coolest name in the in the GI Joe universe, despite its critics. Split, it's a split oh. decision. <laughs>
0: I will say my iconic moment. It always sticks out when Serpentor gets fried on that disc. <laughs> it's, just like, uh, it's, like, it's like
1: thirty seconds. Yeah, he, yeah.
0: He's, like he he's he's smoldering when he lands on the ground. How is mm-hmm. he not dead?
2: I would have loved it if he just like sunk into the snow, yeah, like right? he was so hot that it That's went all the way iconic, down. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Twitching. <Ugh>. Great-
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I think
1: mine. <laughs> picturing <laughs> like his arms
0: flailing as he, oh, sinks, oh, he
1: sinks into the earth. <laughs> yes.
0: Oh, God. The snake. And the snakes are fine.
2: I would like it if the snakes popped out of
0: the hole and I right away. I would the snakes also eyes were like, whoa! <laughs> and the snakes were getting, because you know the snakes were getting fried, too. Just cartoonish uh, yeah. eyeballs. Like sludge. Like Transformers, like getting you know, hit oh. by a
1: yes. Snakes are uh. just shooting out of his outfit like, <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, okay. I think mine would have been wh- whenever um, uh, <laughs> that hole opens up in Cobra Law, and those like those like wasp Cobra Law characters come flying out with so the, many. La, 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 la. La, la, la. It's very. It, it's a. Bu- I feel like it, animation-wise, it's really impressive, and also like it's just very dramatic the way mm-hmm. it happens.
0: I love it.
1: Nowadays. I don't think you could probably use that sound effect. I don't think
2: so. From
0: no, a
1: it's PC culturally
0: insensitive. Uh, standpoint. But it doesn't at, make at sense time, either. It doesn't. It's, nothing, it's something men don't do in that culture. It's true.
1: Men have never done that. That's women. Is that right? Yes. yes. The There's a word for it. I looked it up. And please edit this out. Is that it? Okay, yeah. But I guess I didn't get far enough to know that it was gender Yeah, specific. it's only women. It's,
2: they said that in Three Kings. Oh, okay. Gotcha. It's they custom.
1: But... Uh, At this point in time, when this movie was made, I don't think there was enough exposure to Middle Eastern, or I guess specifically Islamic culture, specifically, I don't know if that is a, maybe you guys know more about this than I do, if that is a, is that a jihadist thing, or is it it broader, it's a broader part of the culture, it's it's celebratory.
2: Well, and like I said, it it's specifically that he Buzz Dixon took it from Lawrence of Arabia mm-hmm. so it was just like it, I think it's just something he found interesting I, I don't, and weird obviously didn't but, but, but I that think it's but re-
0: I think it's actually like. I, I could be wrong, but I think it's like a greeting. I don't think it's, it's not right. an aggressive. It's right. nothing that has to do with being right. aggressive. it's a
2: communicative thing.
1: Well, now I'm going to look ignorant when I'm like the jihadist yell, but that's kind of what it's evolved into uh, from because a, a stereotype. That's you know? Western, It's just ignorance of like Western, um, not understanding yeah, other cultures. Western ignorance, yeah, absolutely. I love it to be, I love to be the face of that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's it, guys. Yeah, great. I think we, uh, nice great job. job.
2: I think you're at TFCon right now. I should be. Wow. This has to be an episode record for the number of times I've had to interject. These talentless hacks were really phoning in the information in this episode because TFCon isn't for another couple of weeks. I'm tired. Can we just call them dumb and move on? Ah, my undead producer is nodding yes, so here we go. Fuck off, listeners. Goodbye, hopefully forever.
0: Mike Seibert, me... Dilly, Ron. Friedman. I'm hoping you're hanging out with Ron right now. Oh man, Get, I hope. I hope he's in your room getting that manuscript. <laughs> That's right, shaking him down for what he owes you. You know, he he, he he's did, been he's been pretty nice. He's been pretty nice now. Caleb's
2: now backpedaling. Backpedaling. His, 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 uh, he's, he's not as
1: racist or homophobic as, <laughs> yeah. we, as we accused in earlier episodes. <laughs> i don't know about that i just you know. <laughs> you're not gonna walk that back <laughs> i don't know that yet oh man if ron friedman you know of course if he was like autopod decepticast, let me let me see what these guys are all that's about. that's not like, a bad run and friedman it's gonna the be impression. this new the latest episode and yeah. the latest episode will be just be us talking trash about yeah. ron
0: friedman well, if it, if it can stimulate him a conversation, then I'm whatever we can we can we can set it straight, Ron. I feel like
1: it might stimulate a lawsuit. <laughs>
0: you mean a la 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 lawsuit?
2: <laughs> I would love it if Ron Friedman, you and Mike encounter him, and he's like, "Hey, hey, you got any extra room in your room? <laughs> because <laughs> not that I
1: need it, but look." Let- I end up up spooning Ron Friedman. Yeah, and like paying for all his meals. (laughs) (laughs) It's just really sad. I think we were making jokes about Ron Friedman sleeping on our couches. Yeah, early early. as early as episode of the Autopod Decepticast. Thank you, everybody, for those who've been supporting us in the APDC store. And uh, we've still got our cup recruitment poster. We are running low on supplies, so get in on. Hurry, right. right. get in while the getting's good. Uh, we've got we've got a handful of those left, so please take advantage of those. The APDC pin series that we have. We're, we've got some more artwork on the way. we do. doing it. We always want to put more stuff up there. It's just
2: difficult because we kind of have to pre-order it and then wonder if it's going to sell. So you know, it's it's, it's there's a difficult mix of us trying to get stuff up there. As to whether anybody will actually buy it or we're just going
1: to be stuck with a bunch of crap. Our Not uh, that our stuff is crap. No, it's good <laughs> stuff. I will be taking a handful of items with me to TFCon Excellent. and schlepping. So, uh, definitely get in on that and look to the new stuff that I promise will show up sooner or later. And, uh, and please continue to listen to the show. Subscribe uh, if you, if you would be so bold and also leave a message on op- Apple Podcasts, a review. Five, Five stars, stars is appreciated. Please. Stitcher, Google play, tune in. Sorry. You're right. <coughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Yo, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Follow us on our social media, Twitter, mm-hmm. Facebook, and Instagram, all of them at APODDCast, and visit our web presence, com. We're going to have lots of fun stuff up there. Like what? I challenge you. Well, I,
2: There's going to be a cat video. Yeah. <laughs> There's a video of a pine tree getting struck by
0: lightning. There
1: needs to be a
2: video pretty of soon. a sweet pineapple ham recipe. Absolutely. we're gonna.
0: I'll, I'll
2: put up a picture of us at our 70s party.
0: And pretty soon, we're probably going to have some imagery of TFCon. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll be, I'll give you, guys, I'll leak the hottest news. You should
2: do, do you know, do a little. The little, hottest
0: news in Transformers.
1: Shoot a little video. Maybe you're better at that. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, bye guys, thanks. See you later. <laughs> bye bye bye. <laughs> Happy TF Call!
2: Decepticast after dark, A B D C A D. Take your dicks out, take your pussies out, get them, wicked them hard, because we're going G.I. Joe style. Home. Oh, mm-hmm. Men and women in uniform. You can yo my Joe anytime, anytime, any place, any, any place, anywhere. Where, where? Underwear. Well, I don't. Thank you for asking, and it's a very sexy question. Just in time for that um, March Madness. <laughs> you know who else had madness? That Don Quixote. He, he was always tilting at them windmills. I wind up all those. I wind up all those mills. Did you know there was a donkey in that story? You know how you lead a donkey with a carrot. And that was my. <laughs> that was my, That was my nickname in high school, ladies and gentlemen. The carrot, because uh, that's what I had in my. Pants, a big old turgid carrot. Thought I was smuggling a big ass carrot all around, but it was my wang. Got your nose frosty. Oh boy, ladies and gentlemen, this was a real stream in consciousness. Stream in consciousness, one yo Jo orgasm. Blood cells, blow cells, where we sell good. <laughs>